This is Millennial Man Motions Entertainment, LLC. Today is Monday, March 20, March 21st, 2022. Yeah, Monday, March 21st, 2022. And I am back with my friend and co-host, Avi. AVI for short. It's short for a longer name. Avi and I are back now. We're finally getting to talk about my second favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Quentin Tarantino movie, Django Unchained 2012, with the first being that I liked, uh, Inglorious Bastards, which you can catch our Inglorious Bastards episode a few months ago. Uh, back in t- uh, the end of 2021 section for that. Um, before I ask about um, what what Alvi thinks thoughts and opinions about he th- his thoughts and opinions about the movie, I just want to have a quick announcement and let everyone know that I now added the, the supporter feature on my webpage of the uh, podcasting platform. Uh, I, re- I have to re-get monetized, and that might take a long while to get uh, along of 50-plus listeners. So, if you're a big fan, a big supporter, a big wa- wanting to see further episodes in the future, you can click on the Become a, Become a Supporter feature on the page, and you can have a monthly, subscri- a monthly contribution of either a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars if you really want to help me out to keep this going further into the future to make it even better and thriving and growing and there's no obligation uh to become a supporter but it would really help the cause to to make this even better and more um and more of a great and fantastic thing to keep this going for the far far future with all that said now that we're exactly just early two minutes in Avi, when it comes to Django Unchained, um, what are the first things that come to mind? What, 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 what do you, um, what, what stands out to you about Django Unchained, Quentin Tarantino, Django Unchained 2012? Well, uh, from the previous, it was like, it's like very homage about the Quentin Tarantino used to grow up there when you watch the movies like that. It's a combination of the, like, from the black exploitation, yeah, the black African-American films, so exploitation for blacks and the, and also the spaghetti western about it's like all the you know realistic design yes so yes yeah, so i want to i want to respond to all that you're right about the spaghetti western it seems that a lot of a lot of tarantino's movies he likes the whole spaghetti western field on on a number of his movies so that's true in the second part and in the first half when you said about like the black exploitation i believe and i believe it says in parts of somewhere trivia somewhere that as far as the black exploitation aspect that supposedly django and his wife are supposedly the great 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 grandparents of shaft from the shaft movies I don't know if you knew that, but that's part of the trivia. Where supposedly they're the great grandparent, great 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 ancestry of the uh, of the character Shaft from the Shaft well, movies. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, uh, he's a like, uh, another inactor about the African American had the right to fight back about like uh, even more about slavery about about first it's about the about about the Jews and the uh, the powerful walls about the fight against the Nazis the other the, uh, intolerance. Now this one's uh, that looks like an African American. Looks like a wanted to stop against fight racism. Right, right. And what that's all very true. And then when Tarantino does that with both movies, um, he which I guess you could also include since you like 2019's Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood, that whenever 
uh, Tarantino puts history in any of these type of any of these three movies or whatever the case may be. It's always like you know his own little fictional take. This isn't like uh, f- this isn't nonfiction. This is his fictional take on different his- historical points, which is true. That's right. And also, when you said the spaghetti part, um, if anybody likes the director or um, voice actor. Uh, McFar- McFarley, who does Family Guy, when he did the live-action movie, uh, what was it called? Not Ted, but the, uh, the one where, um, once it, it was also, like, spaghetti-like, or it had, um, Liam Neeson in it, and, um... What's it called? No, 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 the one that was done by the Family Guy, the Family Guy guy directed it. Um, it wasn't Ted or Ted uh, 2, but... McFarlane? Oh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, a million ways. Yes, the million ways. The in the million ways. At some point, I think it was towards the very end of the movie, it had the little quick cameo of of Jamie Fox in there. Yeah, yeah, I heard it was in the cameo that million ways died the West is uh, Christopher Lloyd. Right, right. Well, I know that I know for sure. Yes, Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown was a cameo with the DeLorean, which was somewhere oh, like was somewhere in, in the in the movie itself. Party. What's that? Uh, so he makes everybody make fun about it uh, when, uh, when Dr. Everett goes west and, uh, and back to... Yeah, yeah, I know, right. Yeah, the cameo had um, Christopher Lloyd as, of course, Doc Brown with the DeLorean with uh, with McFarlane. And I was saying, like, towards the end, that quick cameo of, I guess, what some some kind of Jamie Foxx in a shooting up thing as part of it as well. Um, but back to Django Unchained. So you said, first you said Spaghetti Western and that, um, of course, it's has its bla- um, black... Um, the black themes black in it, yeah, yeah, black, uh, black exploitation. And as far as I, I just thought of a third cameo at one point, which I think was played by they, he played a um, a Klansman was um uh the Hill. yeah Jonah Hill, Hill yeah Jonah Hill also in that scene makes, also makes a cameo as uh, Franco Nero, yeah, the Italian guy. About Wait, who was it? What was the name again? Franco Nero. I don't know him. What is he? Who is he? What was he in? He's the one that also starred the Spaghetti Western movie that's also called Django. Oh, wait, I don't know that. I don't know that actor's name. Say the actor's name again. Franco Nero. I gotta look up that name. Hold on. I'm in the the IMDb, so I just gotta look. You said it was Frank something. Frank. Franco. Wait, so I gotta see the whole IMDb, the whole cast list. Hold on. Uh, I'm trying to look for the name. Say the name again, please. Uh, Franco. Franco. The first name is Franco. Cast, cast, cast. Alright, let's see what the whole cast here. Where's Frank? Franco, Franco. Come on, I gotta scroll down the rest of the cast. Oh, here we go. Okay, so Frank, did you say Franco Nero? Yeah. He played in a character named Ar- Aramigo, Aramigo Ves- Vespi? Let me see who what else he was. Yeah. All right, let's see. Okay, actor's name. Uh, he's an actor, producer, and director. He was born in 1941, and he was born in the country of Italy. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him. What he must, I guess, I guess he was in a lot of Italian movies. Well, who is this Franco De Niro? Um, Franco Nero guy. Tell me more about him. Because he makes appearance about he plays a uh, gay western that was inspired from Django Unchained. It's also called. Django. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. So it says that for the Django Django, if that's what you mean, Django Django came out in 1966. So I guess he was in a Django of 1966 of whatever that was all about. Wow. Oh, just a homage, just a homage. Oh, right, an homage, an homage. Right. 
And now wait a sec. Now wait. Now yeah. So he was that as an homage in the Django, but it also says that he's been in a lot of other um, well-known movies as well. Let me just see the whole cast list. This whole thing of this guy. Since I never heard this guy before. Hold on. I'll get to it. Wait. Hold on. After Django, 1966. I'm just scrolling up to go to the uh, other decades after the 60s. Uh, let's see. No name uh, of movies. Also in the movie musical Camelot with Richard Harris. I don't know that. I don't know that show, so I want to know where that's from. Say it again. Uh, 1967, the movie musical based on Broadway. Oh, you're Camelot. still in the 60s? Okay, hold on. Uh, 1967, and what was the name of the show? Camelot. Oh, yeah, he's in Camelot in 67, Jang Django yeah. 66, Django 66, and Camelot, and then I'm just scrolling to the 70s through the 2000s. I just want to see what else. There's other familiar names of uh, things he was in. Let me see. Uh, and you'll tell me, maybe when I name the movie, you'll tell me what character he played in the said movie. I'm skipping the 70s here. Uh, let's see. Scrolling now into the... I know. I was going to get to that. I'm still looking, I was looking through the 70s and 80s first. All right. So Die Hard 2, of course, came out in 1990. He played a character called es Esper Esperanza. Was Did he play a good guy or a bad guy? About oh, he played a bad guy? Okay, so, so he played a bad guy then? He played a bad guy in Die Hard 2. Yeah. And really really quick, I want to scan the rest of his credits so he can get to other parts of the movie. Uh, let me see. After, excuse me, after Die Hard 2, he was also in, trying to find, I'm in the 2000 section now, 21st century. Um, see, so far, Die Hard 2, uh, he was in Cars 2, because I know you talk about Cars a lot. He was in Cars 2. Um... And, oh, here we go. Uh, for the Keanu Reeves fans, he played Julius in John Wick Chapter 2 from 2017. He played a character Julius in John Wick Chapter 2, and I am patiently waiting for John Wick Chapter 4 to come out in hopefully 2023. Okay, so he was in Die Hard 2 and John Wick Chapter 2. Okay, yeah. interesting. Well, All right. And also, about like, uh, also, uh, also, this film is like they say that the movie is going to chain is this. Wait, I'm sorry. Say, um, wait. What did you say about the universe aspect? The, his own universe, the cinematic universe, about that takes place same same time as uh, like uh, the Hateful Eight. His next movie is also about Western movies. It'll also start with uh, Samuel Jackson and uh, and also there's a uh, and, and Walter Goggins. Yeah, those all. I'm not. I'm not too familiar on who Walter Goggins is, but um, I think everybody's heard of um, Samuel L. Jackson if they live in a, in this world. But um, tell me a, a quick little bit about um, Wal what was it, Walter Goggins? Walter Goggins. Yeah. Tell me a quick thing about him. Uh, Walter Goggins is also television stars on The Shield and okay, he plays some kind of like a southern southern guy, you okay. know, like. A, it takes place in southern films like the western or the okay like, you know, was he like was he in, was he like in a lot of different credits a lot of different credits uh, okay movie. It's, like, it's like another character actor role right like a character actor right so what do you what, what about Samuel Jackson what do you think of him yeah what do you think of the actor uh, actor uh, Samuel Jackson uh, he's like a very almost like a little typecast about like a, he almost plays a butler like you saw like a like, it's something like an anti-Gone with the Wind type, you know, like, uh, you know, the sermon to Candy. Right. Oh, you, right. You, I mean, by, by Candy, you mean Calvin Candy by Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about, yeah, now let's talk about him next. Now, of course, 
Um, women will, of course, know Leonardo DiCaprio from uh, 1997's Titanic, Titanic. But, of course, he's been a lot of other projects um, since then as well. Um, he does play a very bad guy in this movie, Calvin Candy, who um, has slaves. He makes Carrie Washington a slave, which is, I believe, um, Jamie, Walks, Jamie Foxx's wife in the movie. Yeah, he has to rescue her throughout the entire long movie, right? Um, now, Leonardo DiCaprio... Um, I thought he played a, the villain character, Calvin Galvey, as a villain bad guy. He played that very well. And like you said with Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson was like trying to defend, uh, Calvin or Leonardo, uh, as, as a helpmate, I believe. Um, that, that's how that went. Um, I, I like how he got bloody when he put his hand on the one scene and they kept the take. But, um, as for Leonardo DiCaprio as Calvin, but what about, um, what did you make of his character or character slash actor? What do you make of the, the character of Calvin Candy that he played as the bad guy? And what do you make of the, uh, well, the some, actor? Some people are yeah, I, I read that there were parts of him where he wasn't comfortable with saying certain racist lines. Yeah. He plays, that's the only one that the, uh, the capital plays a villain. Before that, he plays, uh, he hears, uh, he plays another villain before it. Before that, before the, the jungle is a... Uh, he plays the man in the iron mask. He plays a uh, double, double wall. That was a uh, that was a movie from 1998, right? Yeah. That, no, wait. No, you're saying in that 98 uh, mask movie, he played also a bad guy. Yeah, the, okay. yeah, the man in the iron mask. He plays a king, about right. the, a twin brother to the king who, who locks up the real king. But, right. But he took some of the throne. Right now, for the oh, okay, I, I didn't see the movie, so I'll take your word for it. Now, one more, one last thing about Leonardo DiCaprio before we move to other characters and other story and what else we thought about everything. I know there's trivi some trivia we want to go through and some quotes and whatever else we want to say with the, in regards to the whole movie. And that is the last thing I want to say about DiCaprio is that um, people he was. He and he was waiting to get um, an award-winning Oscar role for a while, and then it was finally in uh, 2015's *The Rev*, *The Rev Reverend*, where he finally earned to really get that Oscar of how he how he played that story character in the 2015's *The Rev Reverend*, which I believe also had Tom, Tom Hardy in it, and you know, you know, now Tom Hardy's in a lot of things now. Um, yeah. So, what did you make of this fictional story? And what else, whatever else we want to say about Jamie Foxx and Kerry Washington. And then I wanted to talk about, um, of course, a little bit with you about Chris, Christoph Waltz as Dr. King Schultz, because as we both know, he played the big, 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 big main bad Nazi, uh, uh, villain for the, for, for the Inglorious Bastards of 2009. But yet in Django Unchained, he comes back to be in this movie for, um, Tarantino as well. But it looks like he's more of a good protagonist character to work with, to work with Jamie Foxx. So that's a lot. I know I threw out a lot of stuff there, but, uh, start, I mean, mix it in however you want to. Uh, talk about all that. So you know the the King Schultz about this like a, almost like a very good guy about like you know some kind of like a, like a, you know he plays a German missionary because you know like a, sometimes like a German for the for the for the also like a, some Germany I was also like his, his role was as a mercenary I believe it. Also, I believe, like, uh, well, officially, uh, officially, he, wait, well, officially, he's a, officially he's an Austrian dent, dental hygienist. Yeah, he also is based, he's, he's, he's based on his character from the, another historical that 
Uh, the, it's sort of gunfire, and Doc Holliday is mm-hmm. also a dentist. Right, right, right. Yes, that's that's part of it too. Let me see. What else do we have here? I'm on the page. I'm on the main page. No, I was looking at the cast list first. Now that we've spoke about most of the cast, uh, we can get more. Of the, you can add in more in the cast if you think of it. Um, the actual page again. Again, it says that um, it's two hours and forty five minutes. Uh, this is movies not for children. It's rated R. Um, I think um, it was entertaining. Um, I, I took myself to see it back in when it came out. It's considered a drama and a western, and it got an 8.5 out of 10 rating. But we'll do ratings at the very end of all this. Um, let's see. We are so we went over, we over a little bit about Jamie Fox, uh, Christoph Waltz, Leonardo DiCaprio. You can say more about Kerry Washington if you want. You met about Walton Goggins, whoever he plays, and then Samuel Jackson played the guy that really defended and really did not like when people did or said stuff to Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio's character, and um, let me see. Okay, so apparently, apparently in this fictional story, it takes place in the year 1858, and it's talking about a bounty hunter named. It's like before yeah. Civil War. Yeah, yeah, but well, yeah, but you're right because the Civil War was the um, 1860s, and that's 58. You're right, so it's right before the start of the Civil War. Um, this movie, um, for people that don't like violence, this movie has strong, strong graphic violence throughout. And um, um, other things that also make it R. Yeah. And also, uh, the movie takes place in 1858. Calvin Candy's speech about phrenology concerning the skulls of slaves is a pseudoscience and had been, dis- and had been dis- disproven by the 1840s, which furthers Mr. Candy's as being ignorant. Because sometimes it's all ma- ma- made up about the. Wait, 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 where did, you, where did you read that off yet? I'm not on the same part as you. Where Trivia. Oh, in the trivia already? Okay, I guess we're going into trivia now. Okay, uh, which part of the trivia did you read that off of? Where is that in? The beginning, middle, or end? Like almost the beginning. Yeah. Okay, still in the beginning? Okay, so let's see some of the stuff at the beginning here. Uh, well, for the first bits talk about Cal, uh, Calvin, Calvin Candy, Leonardo DiCaprio, then something about, yeah, that's what I was saying, about the, um, Something about the dinner scene. It was something something about the dinner scene. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a like we said, there's 177 bits of trivia. Uh okay, all right. There yeah, you were mentioning about the man in the iron mask. That's a few points down in the top. Um it said Leonardo DiCaprio, whose role marked the first time he played a villain the first time he played a villain since the man in the iron mask, ninety-eight, was uncomfortable with how horrible and explicitly racist his character was. However, Tarantino convinced him to be as menacing as possible, saying that if he didn't take it all the way people will hold it against him forever so uh, so whatever Tarantino said said just you know listen go for it uh, as far as the racial aspect of it uh, racist rather um okay um also also, see. also it was back in the credits it could be his revival but also like, like Quentin Tarantino every movie he had to revive some of the forgotten actors and actresses to resuscitate his career their career as one well as Don Johnson Hold on, I didn't get to John Johnson yet. I want to talk about the, the scene where he crushes his thing, which is the very first one. Then we'll go right into the um, the Johnson thing afterwards, so so I can keep track of everything. Um, when okay, so when he smashes his hand on the dinner table, DiCaprio did accidentally crush a small stem glass with his palm and didn't really begin to bleed. He ignored it, stayed in character, and continued with the scene. Uh, yeah, so he, he, the, 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 uh, Tarantino kept the cut of that take and he did, he stayed in character. So that was what that was about in the very big, big, uh, the first part. And then you said something about, what was that last thing you just said? Um, 
something Bob Johnson. yeah Johnson let me try to find that part too too I hopefully that's still in the beginning also because I don't know where how far ahead you are in the in the trivia um um this is another Tuesday for us all right Johnson and Don Johnson I'm trying to look for the Johnson thing how far down is it I'm trying to find where you're at Johnson something where are it's it's not it's not in the very beginning. Something about Johnson. Say what that was all again. Again, um, oh, um, while I'm trying to while we try to find the Johnson thing where exactly it's at, I see what you're talking about about the Django '66 Franco Nero trivia. It says when Quentin Tar Tarantino first met Franco Nero in Rome, he told Nero that he that he first saw Django '66 when he was working in a video store. He then proceeded to recite lines and even sing the songs to Nero from all of his movies. Nero was astonished that he knew them all. So that's the big trivia about Nero and Django and Tarantino, all three of them connected. Wow. Now I'm still trying to find the part you said about um about say that word again. Bob yeah, I'm still trying to find Johnson. I haven't found that trivia yet. I'm still uh, in the other parts. Hopefully, it'll come to me soon because I'm still at the beginning parts of it all. Um, let me see. Okay. Um. Well, with Waltz about the acceptance speech. Uh, he concluded his Oscar acceptance speech with the film saying, Sorry, couldn't resist. A reference to his character's final line on screen, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. And that must be referring to the part where he has the gun trying to shoot candy, but then he ends up dying himself by doing that. Oh yeah, here we go, the shaft thing like I was telling you about. And, I, and then we'll fi try to still find the part you were talking about. Yeah, I found the Johnson part first. Okay, well, the, your, your uh, Johnson part first. Are you talking about Don Johnson? Okay, it says, so one part of Don Johnson trivia says, right here towards the beginning still, the men in hoods organized by Big Daddy John Johnson represent a group known as the Regulators, spiritual forebearers of the post-Civil War KKK formed in 1865. So something about Big Daddy John Johnson had something to do in regards to um, the KKK and stuff of that nature. Uh, I already, we already mentioned about Jonah Hill, um, was, okay, he was supposed to, Jonah Hill was supposed to play a bigger role in the film, but they ended up just using a cameo and not whatever bigger role was supposed to be. And then what I was saying again about Shaft says, Tarantino revealed at Comic-Con that Django, Jamie Foxx, and Broomhilda, that's her name, the character's name, Carrie Washington, Carrie Washington, are meant to be the great, 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 grandparents of the character John Shaft from the Shaft 1971 films. An overt reference to this connection can be found in Washington character's full name, Broomhilda Von Shaft. So there you go. They're the great-great-grandparents of John Shaft from Shaft 71. Like, just like I... I remember that, and you, you remember also a trivia that you also knew. So now that I've seen the John Donchin part, at least the first bit, of it, in case there's more, we have some more trivia throughout the entire page. Um, I'll try to find where you're at also, because there's a lot to you also like. Um, it says that it holds the all-time record for the most uses of the N-word or some variation in a movie, with 116 uses of that. Wow. And I also thought it was, like you said, was interesting how it's the first time Leonardo DiCaprio played a villain since being a bad villain in the uh, 98 Mask movie. Let's see. Okay. He is a Francophile, and it's a tradition among the French to greet each other by kissing on the cheeks. So the 
I did not see that one yet. That's probably further down, so we'll go back to it where I can catch up to what you just said there. But I wanted to also say about... Makes, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go, also, I'm sorry. Ma- also makes us fall apart as, uh, as Bruce Stern. I don't know who he is, so I, I don't know his work, but before you get to that stuff... To the Django. Oh, I'm not sure who that is exactly, though. I'm not sure what that is. Um, you can tell me more about it in a bit, but let me just say, when I get down, you're further down than me. I just wanted to say, in regards to Leonardo DiCaprio and Christopher Waltz. Leonardo DiCaprio, Calvin Candy, was originally the first choice for the role of the antagonist, Colonel Heinz Landa, in Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards 20, 2009. However, Tarantino decided that a German-speaking actor should portray the character and went with to Gen- Christoph Waltz, who portrays Dr. King Schultz in this film, which marks Waltz's sec- second film collab collaboration with Tarantino. DiCaprio can, however, can, DiCaprio can, however, speak some German. Okay. Now I'm trying to catch up to where the part you said because your stuff is further down. Let me just see. And as we're looking for the trivia, oh, that was more about the, the mask thing. Um, while we're looking at the trivia together, more parts of it, um, also try to quote the quote section to see if any quotes of the movie stood out to you. As we, we could try to do, we'll mix it at the both at the same time. Trivia with quotes that we liked. All right, so we're at trivia and quotes now in this part of the review. This is a movie discussion of Django Unchained 2012. And yeah, the only really two big Tarantino movies I like are Inglorious Bastards and Django Unchained, though he also had movies people liked before and after that. Oh, wait a sec. Here's, here's something else about John Johnson, a second part about John Johnson uh, as daddy. Big Daddy, it says, During the first 40 minutes of the movie, with the exception of a single scene at Big Daddy's plantation, Dr. King Schultz, Christopher Waltz, drives a wagon rather than riding a horse. This was because Waltz had injured his pelvis in a fall from the horse prior to um, principal photography. Analysis of the script shows that there was only a small amount of dialogue that had ever been rewritten due to the card. Okay, so that's interesting about why about that. Okay, all right. Um, uh, it also says that Jamie Foxx and Kerry Washington also portrayed a married couple together, or or a couple of some sort, in 2004's Ray Charles about Ray. Because uh, this is also the second time about the, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, Jamie Foxx and Kerry Washington worked together since Ray. Right, since Ray, yeah. And you were right, you said you were talking about Doc Holliday or a real-life Doc Holliday, things of that nature earlier. In regards to that, it says, Dr. King Schultz partly mirrors the real-life Doc Holliday, also a dentist-turned-gunfighter. Okay, so yeah, there, there's your uh, Doc Holliday gunfighter tr- bit right in there. Uh, uh, here's another one. About Jenga takes on a mythical pharma on Big Daddy's uh, plantation, confronting the brittle brothers. The gothic nature of the scene, this scene is clearly represented when Big John Brittle, played by NPC Ganey, is about to whip little Jody for breaking eggs. Django is dressed in his blue boy attire, but when little Jody looks at his image in the mirror next to the, uh, next to the tree when he sees tide, Django's head and hands are invisible in the reflection. Elevating his mystic nature, stature, so that of a of an enchanted figure. In gothic lore, specters and ghosts are unable to see their own reflections. 
Wow, that's very descriptive, whatever that was all about in regards to that. Wow, okay. Okay. I wanted to say something about um, the film's release was delayed in China by government censors in April 2013. Their request included turning the blood to a darker color or lightening the height of the splatter of blood. So, however, whenever, however many movies make it to China, some can be seen and some count the way to the way the Chinese government is. Um, I'm still trying to find what you just said just there, but whatever that was about sounded um, very descriptive. Oh, let's see. Oh, my, one of my favorite actors here. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was cast in a minor role as J Jano, but had to drop out due to his schedule, uh, scheduling conflicts with his directorial debut. Okay. Um, and also, Sasha Baron was cast as Scotty, and Kurt Russell was cast as Ace Woody, but both, both dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Kurt Russell starred in Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight, which also features Samuel Jackson and Walter Goggins. Quinzetti, the April 8th is set in the same universe as this movie, but it's not a sequel. Samuel Jackson and Walter Goggins play different characters in both movies. Say that all, say that all again? Catch me up, say that again. Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, that's, that's the name, that's at the beginning, there's the name I was looking for, okay, before you bent to the other guys. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen, what do you make of him? Do you, do you not, do you not, do you not care for his comedy? Do you like him in the drama roles? What are your thoughts and opinions uh, I, on, uh... I, I, did, I did get a chance, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen wasn't in the, was it, was it in that movie of the, the Jungle on Chain? He was in something else, right, but... What do you make of him as an actor? Like, like, do you not care for him? Do you like him? Do you not like him? Well, he did stars like a musical drama, like the one with the Les Yeah, like he's been in drama. He's not in completely all comedy. He's in some drama as well. well. He's in like he's also like in the one with Sweeney Todd and uh, yeah, and also Hugo. Yeah, so the stuff that the drama and that kind of stuff you mentioned. Do you like him in drama parts as opposed to comedy? Well, you know, I didn't see it on Netflix. I did get to see the one with about the uh, the one about the trial Chicago Seven. Oh yeah, that was a drama he was also in. Did you want to see him in that? Hopefully, if I, had, if I had time for it. Oh, oh, wait a sec. Here's a third. Yeah, if you have time for it, definitely check it out. I just found a third bit of trivia in regards to the actor you mentioned, Frank Franco Nero. This third bit of trivia about Nero says, Franco Nero, making his cameo in the film, okay, so it was a cameo part, is wearing white gloves. This may be a reference to his wounds in Django 1966. However, this should not be seen as him being the same character in both movies, as Django 1966 took place in the 1870s, 1870s, and this movie takes place in the 1850s. Oh, and then there's another fourth thing about Nero right below it. And it says he was, that Nero was considered for the role of Candy, but instead was given a cameo appearance as a minor character. Nero suggested that he play a mysterious horseman who haunts Django in visions and is revealed in an ending flashback to Django's father. Quentin Tarantino opt not to use the idea. But in regard, anyway, he was, at least he cameoed and he was from that original Django of 66. So that, um, oh, here's like another bit of thing right below that about Leonardo DiCaprio does not appear until the one hour and three minutes in. Yeah, I find that to be very interesting. Like in any movie where the main villain or the big bad guy doesn't often appear sometimes until over an hour into the movie. Yeah. It's like, uh, this movie's about two hours long, about, but I thought the Western, any Western movie could be an hour long about the... Yeah. You know, you can't tell, it's, it's over, over long, because about it, it's like one journey about the training about the first is rescuing uh, Django, about then he trained him to do the, become the, the, the best bounty hunter.
But then when it comes to the dick, comes to the confines candy and the, and the manner, but even though but candy got killed off in the... Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. But yeah. Also, uh, also makes a cameo. It's also the director's had Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he likes to make a little cameo in all of his movies. Yeah, he, he just does that. Sometimes it ruins the movies, honestly, but he, he likes to do that. Now, for anybody who really likes actor and comedian and superstar Will Smith, um... Despite Tarantino writing the role of Django specifically for Will Smith, he ultimately decided to pass on the film due to him seeing the character as not being the lead. He told Entertainment Weekly, Django wasn't the lead, so it was like, I need to be the lead. The other character was the lead. I was like, no, Quentin, please. I need to be kill the bad guy. I thought it was brilliant, but not for me. So ultimately, okay, yeah. Will Smith plays with that Western character, which is a flop. It's called Wild Wild Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, which, well, yes, he decided on Wild Wild West in 99, as opposed to becoming Neo in The Matrix. The Matrix. So he rejected The Matrix and the Tarantino um, Django Unchained movie. Well, guess uh, guess Will Smith didn't get a chance to play a good western. Yeah, yeah. I guess I mean I don't know if I don't know whether he's been in westerns or not. Um, I would love to see him back in a a Bad Boys Four, but um, just like I said about um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character as the villain, it also says that Samuel L. Jackson does not appear until the one hour and twenty six minutes into the film. Candy. Yeah, not until one hour twenty six for Samuel Jackson. So they also, both. Also, there's another scene that's referenced another seventies movie about this one about the slaves fighting each other that's called Mandingo. Say that again. Because you know about this one rep, another reference in the seventies films, a mm-hmm. homage is a uh, is about the in Calvin Candy's mansion. They have a they shows a. The two Afghan slaves are fighting each other. Okay, wait, I just found the part you were saying about how The Hateful Eight is set in the same universe as this movie, and it was talking about Kurt Washington and stuff being in it. Or um, So I guess you're saying there, there, there it is now for me to see somehow that these both these um, Old West-type movies are kind of in the same universe? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I found it there. Found it now, finally. We're caught up to you about that. All right. Um... I'm still scrolling the middle end of the page of the trivia if you see any other trivia you also like, but um, I also want to see if there's any memorable lines from the quote section, so try to get some quotes from the movie that you also liked. Well, let's see, uh, The contraption that protrudes beneath the doctor's sleeve near the end of the film is a nod to the device Travis Pico creates for himself in Taxi Driver, one of Tarantino's favorite films. In Taxi Driver, Travis Bickle uses the device to rescue a prostitute from an abusive pimp. In Django, the doctor uses a contraction to kill Calvin, which indirectly facilitates the rescue of Django's enslaved wife. Okay. All right. That's very specific what that's about. Okay, I see you said you're talking about Dern or Lauren Dern. Laura Dern had Twin Peaks as some sort of trivia, but I don't really know who she is. But right above, uh, a little bit above that, it says that this was the... Was that... Father, oh, oh, the father, her father. Okay, um, I wanted to say that it said right here. It says that this movie is the fifth, the fifteenth, the fifteenth biggest grossing film of 2012. Oh, Bruce Dern, Bruce Dern. Okay, now you may, if you meant Bruce Dern, I see, I see him as part of uh, listed in one bit of trivia with, with the other actors. Now you were saying something about Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern makes appearance as one of the. Another slave owner sold the Django away from this wife, but the 
as a Brewston also works with other like uh, uh, some other uh, other Christian Caratina, like the one in the. Uh, uh, and uh, April 8th also. Uh, All right. Wait a sec. Uh, you yeah, go ahead, sure. But Don Johnson, uh, is, Don Johnson is considered to be his best comeback. Well, so okay. He, had, he hasn't got much yeah. success, but it looks like uh, this is a film he's been wanting to do about that he wants to get his work done. Right. Now, I just found towards the almost the end of trivia, almost at, I still want to get some, get some quotes in before, we have to, we hope, before it has to end. Um, this is going to be controversial. And I'm sure a lot of people do not like or care for um, Donald Trump, but right below a Kevin Costner trivia, it said that Donald Trump posted a review of the film on Twitter. Well, I think he was banned off of Twitter by now afterwards, but like it said he posted a review of the film on Twitter where, it's, where he said, Django Unchained is the most racist movie I have ever seen. It sucked. Now, when I first took myself to see it, I actually liked it and clapped on the good guys winning and stuff, you know, in, in the whole story. But um, that's a li- quick little random bit of trivia how uh, what Trump thought of it, but I actually like the movie despite what Trump said. Even though I do, I do kind of like Trump. Um, all right, there's more about Kurt Washington. Yeah, John. All right, now we're actually finally at the same part now to get it towards the end. I'm actually right at the same time as you since I was from all the stuff before that. We'll read that together. Right, it said John Don Don Johnson, Big Daddy, starred in the original Miami Vice series, while Jamie Fox Django starred in its 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 remake. Yeah, very very. That's right. That connects the the two actors to the two uh TV TV slash movies. That's right. And also, Leonardo DiCaprio also works again with Jonah Hill, Hill. In, the, in the Wolf of Wall Street. Right. Calvin, Cal, Leonardo DiCaprio is Calvin, Cal, Calvin Candy, and Jonah Hill as the big bad number two of, it looks like a, I think it was like a KKK or somebody bad, appeared together in the, appeared together in the Wolf of Wall Street um, from 2013. Yes. Um... And just to quickly connect a bit, uh, Jonah Hill to uh, the Batman movie, he was considered to maybe want to play a villain in the Batman Matt Reeves movie, but ultimately they ended up not using Jonah Hill in any of the Batman. Uh, even though he voiced that, but the Lego movie, he voiced as a Green Lantern in the, the, the Green Lantern. Oh, he voiced it. He voiced who in what? Lego movie. Something in a Lego movie. He he voiced something. As a, as a green lantern, then. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, here we go. Let's connect this to Taxi Driver. The contraption Sh- Schultz uses to branglish the gun with which he shoots Calvin is a reference to the final act of Taxi Driver. Now, what did you just say? I'm, just, I'm trying to collect all the thoughts. What did you say right before Taxi Driver quote? Who connected what to what? Uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, favorite film is a taxi driver. Does a contraption on the? Yeah, that's what I just said. That's what I just said. But um, what did you say about something else right before that? Oh, uh, uh, so back of that. Uh, uh, say that again. Uh, no, I was saying before the um, before the thing I just said that we just read together about the um. The shooting and the thing. You were talking about some other actor or character or from something. I'm trying to make sure all of our thoughts are remembered about what we're all talking back and forth about here. Um, well, give, give me a hand to the, uh... Say it again? Can you give me a hint? Like- no, I forgot. It's all right. It, it passed. Uh, we, we, we're, go- we're talking about so much information that uh, I totally forgot what you said about the part I, the part I just said yeah, there. Yeah, the Capia Rust tablet. 
West Hamlet is the one that also plays in another that's a sixty western, the son of a gunfighter. Oh, is that was that what was that what you were talking about? Well, that's what I was that's part of what you were talking about. It's part of what you. The copy of Russ Chapman appeared in modern day adaptations of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, that's something else too. No. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, well, listen. Um, that's a lot of information, but all that stuff you said there—it's a lot to collect. But um, we fin- we we told we looked fully at the the beginning, middle, beginning, middle, and end of a lot of the trivia there that we, that we both covered together. Sometimes at the end we actually matched up. Um, so now that we spoke about the majority of a lot of the trivia, let's go into the quote section and let's see. There are 108 items of quotes. Any of the quotes from the movie stood out to you? Uh, the quotes between different characters. Well, even though that quote is very long, this one, even about the, uh, even about Calvin Klein tells about the crazy history of how they do something about skulls. So, you know, like skulls. Uh, yeah, skulls. You know, it's not like uh, the, the, the bottomizing. Oh, wait, wait, what was happening? Wait, wait, what was happening with the bottomizing? About the, uh, the, you know, about how he treats the same by cutting off the back of the skull. Oh, wow, 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 yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. There's a favorite part about, okay. uh, but, yeah, Frank and Dale played the original Django. He said, what's your name? Django. Can you spell it? D-J-A-N-G-O. The D is silent. I know. That was a good quote. I liked when that line was said when I first saw it. Yeah, that's a good quote. But it looks like the majority of all the quotes in this movie are very, very long between characters. And so, but that was a good, that was a good specific quote to really tell people is, um, the spelling of that, how you said, when I first saw that, that was probably one of the best quotes in the entire movie, considering a lot of these quotes are really long. Um, before we talk a little bit more about Django Unchained, I just want to let the audience or listeners know that on Wednesday, on Wednesday in two days, we're doing it a day early. The movie came out originally on March March 24th, 1972, um, on Wednesday, Avi and I will be discussing the 50th anniversary retrospective of The Godfather, the first Godfather, and while he talks about The Godfather, he might uh, maybe add a little bit about Godfather Part 2 and 3 also in there, but mainly 1 and 2, people don't have too much to say about the third one, but... um which came out in 1990, 16 years after the second one. But yeah, on Wednesday we'll be discussing in 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 in, 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 in remembrance uh, of the 50th anniversary, March 24th, March 24th, 72. We're a day early, but on March 23rd um, we're talking about Godfather a retrospective review with all of Avi's thoughts and opinions. So look out for that in two days. With that said, let's go back to talk some more about the movie Django Unchained. What else did you want to say about the story, the characters, um, whatever else we haven't yet already said about this movie? What What did you like about it? Granted, now the only, I guess what I don't like about movies, a lot of movies these days, again, this is two hours and forty five minutes, so it's very very long. Um, did you not mind how long it was? Like, what else have, about the movie that hasn't already yet been said? Would you like to say about uh, Django Unchained? What I like to say about Django Unchained, but you know, sometimes it's very like. Uh... A message of like if you make a, like a next uh, a next uh, black vacation movie about like like since they have a like there's another movie called Black Dynamite it's like another homage to the you know the black black vacation movie from the 70s about yeah I I think I think like black exploitation was started in the early early 70s and I guess there's uh probably a whole lot of um 
black exploitation movies that I haven't seen because there's so many that came out that I, I maybe saw part maybe saw parts of Shaft, but I haven't seen the vast majority of there's so many other of those that were made. Oh, spaghetti I guess, westerns. Even though that movie is not like a, it's not takes place in the desert. It's about down uh, you're in the desert of the. A desert like John Ford, the classic old cowboy movies. Right. But this one they make the movie western movie in the south, not in the western like the California. Right. But there's a southern western. Okay. Like in the like in the deep south. Right. Well, I think the, oh, that's interesting. That's that's that sounds like more trivia there. Now, as far as I want to say about Jamie Fox, I think that I think I like how he played Django and how he works with Christopher Wal- Christopher Waltz Christoph Waltz in the movie. Um, Will Smith decides what projects he wants to be in, but I think Jamie Fox played the part well and was a good choice as the actual actor playing him. And one more quick thing about Waltz: while I like Waltz in both um, in Glorious Bastards 2009 and this movie Django Unchained, I think that in the James Bond franchise they could have made his bad guy character in the James Bond franchise way better than how he came off. And also, and also uh, Christopher plays another mentor, uh, but it's a science fiction called Alita Balanjo. Yeah, that came out more recently, with about the past few years. That's um, that would be directed by um, Robert Robert Rodriguez, right? Robert Rodriguez. Did you like his? Uh, he, he played a good guy in that, right? He, what was he? Good guy also. What did you think of that? Did you like how? Did you like how his character was in that um, in that sci-fi movie? Uh, well, sometimes like. Uh, uh, sometimes the sci-fi movie is so weird about the about it. It's actually based on a Japanese manga, you know, like okay. a Japanese comic book. Oh, okay. You know, it's like uh, very too like uh, very too uh, ambitious. Oh, okay. Um, after once a, oh, you said something was ambitious. Ambitious. Oh, okay. Like now you sp- you 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 talked a few times about um. Sorry, say it again. Ambitious as uh, like uh, to. Uh, too much special effects. Oh, with special effects and stuff. Okay. So like, uh, and also plots about that. Oh, okay. Oh, um. Would, okay, so that's your thoughts about that there. Um, you briefly mentioned the Hateful Eight a few times. Uh, what else did you want to say about the Hateful Eight? And then I wanted to say. Uh, Walter Goggins. Oh, something that Goggins was in it and stuff. Okay, and that's also like a spaghetti western from uh, Hateful Eight 2015. Yeah, something like that's more about it. It's about like even like Hateful Eight is like also about that. Uh, like an AP person all by themselves in the cabin the one with right. Stormy Night. Okay. It's like uh, then they were it's like in the play uh, then they were not about who goes out first before the anyone goes last one to be standing. Okay. Now 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 in the writer credits it says Tarantino has Kill Bill Volume 3 announced but it's not on his director section so I don't think that Kill Bill Volume 3 has been officially greenlighted that's just a fake story that the, the movie's not actually really happening yet and I do not know what I don't know what his next director oh is that maybe 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 that has something to do with them with with no Weinstein then um okay um what if you make a movie like like if you want to make a movie like a Netflix or something maybe Netflix um okay um yeah but no Kill Bill Volume 3 none of that yet just uh and it didn't say too much stuff he's directing after um Once Upon a Time in um once upon here, okay. So once upon a time in uh, Hollywood, you mentioned a few times. What I like about that is um, Brad Pitt was in Glorious Bastards, and and Leonardo DiCaprio was in Django and Chain, and then they went to work together in the Once Upon a Time in in Hollywood. Hollywood, yeah. 
It was like a, also in Hollywood, the movies also again in inaccurate because because of, of the ending. The, well, what was what was this about the ending? Uh, the, uh, once upon a time, Iowa, the movie ends about the was supposed to be a Charles Manson that murdering. Right. Yeah, thing. fictional history again. Yeah. All right. Now, Hollywood is a homage to all the like late sixties television shows. Yeah, yeah. Well, in um, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it showed Brad Pitt and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio often watching a television set. Because you know, it's like uh, you know, like what becomes that in the end of the the golden age of Hollywood about the that makes way for the like what do you call those the the what do you call the new Hollywood, you okay. know, like a new, new yeah. generation. Yeah, like, well, like, Hollywood, I like Hollywood from, I like Hollywood movies from the 1970s and the 1980s, but Hollywood is really a lot of crap nonsense in the 21st century, at least in my opinion, for the majority of movies. Uh, movies came out good in the, from Hollywood in the 70s and 80s, but not so much in the 21st century. Um, any, um, we're going to do your final thoughts and opinions um, about any last minute things about Django Unchained real quick and then we'll do a quick rating and then close out because we have just reached now the 48 minute point right, uh, so final thoughts and opinions and then grading grading uh, sometimes about the cap about the uh, I say the uh, quick thoughts about the Django Unchained yes. about the be, be, be strong and, uh, the, and also the don't face, don't face anything in top, facing intolerance going on about like, uh, just, you know, face, face something like, uh, something uh, like, uh, you know, not the, something like, that that real, real life. Well, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a fictional movie, but there's definitely a lot of, um, I mean, racial stuff going on in it. Yeah, but even though the, uh, but you know, sometimes like, uh, but uh, hopefully they you have to be like, be be, sure, be, be concerned about the, uh, uh, the, the, don't say anything about like uh, bad things, uh, bad things to the, the, the black people. Well, again, that's that's why Leonardo DiCaprio had some problems with the script because he didn't want to go all out, and I guess Tarantino told him what to do in direction of that character. But yes, there's definitely don't want to um, offend any uh, people that are of that persuasion. Yeah, it's a, with all that kind of stuff going on. Yeah. You know that. You know sometimes uh, people criticize about everything's wrong with about the, uh, 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 the portraying of the African American about like a, it's like racial. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think Tarantino's racist. I mean, he's had a lot of pe- all kinds of people in his movies, and he's had um, Samuel L. Jackson in multiple movies at this point. So, I mean, if people like I, uh, even though I like Trump, I don't agree with him not liking the movie of what he said in that one little bit of trivia. I actually was quite entertained by this fictional eighteen hundreds movie, um, and which leads us then now to a greater rating. If you had to greater rating, if Avi had to greater rating, two thousand twelve. Django Unchained. How would you grade or rate this movie? Well, this movie, uh, I think I rate this movie about uh, 8.0. 8. 8. 8.0, that's not bad because I saw the IMDb also said, what did it say? What did they say it was? 8. Point, what did they say? 8.5. Yeah, an 8.5, and you get an 8.0. Right, yeah, I would give it an 8. Point, I would give it an 8.0 as well, and I would give this a letter grade of a either a B or a B. Plus. But also, the, I can, one of my final thoughts is that I give the, my review is that uh, from other critics is, is the film offers one sensational sequence after another, also around these two intriguing characters who seem 
to receive opposites for share pragmatic financial and personal issues. And, uh, and I had not been, not, not been to prevent from, from seeing it sooner because of injury. This would have been one of my year's best films. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be for everybody, but I think I, 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 I liked it the first time I saw it. Um, but like I said, there was the China stuff going on with how they censored it. They're going to censor a lot of movies, but that is what that is. Um, uh, what was I supposed to say? Oh, right. Um, um, audience, we are doing, like I said, Godfather on Wednesday for the Godfather 50th anniversary. All about the Godfather on Wednesday to talk about that uh, 50-year-old now movie. Yeah, March 24th, 72. Um, offline, offline, we'll discuss what time works for both of us for Wednesday. But, um, yeah, so you're, you, you already gave your final thoughts and opinions and you gave your greater rating. So, any last-minute thing to say before we close this out? Uh... I think I might like. I think I might like us uh, Chain about like uh, even for like uh, being like uh, being a hero of the African community. I mean, I liked that he played like a hero character, and I disagree with Will Smith. I think that if he that that the Django character was almost a side good guy to um to um Christoph Waltz's um. Uh, character, so uh, I disagree with Will Smith. I think that they're both I like, good and work. I like, well, I like, uh, Will, I like Christoph, Wal- Christoph Waltz. As like a, he's like a, almost like Obi Wan, Obi Wan Kenobi kind of in the West. In a kind of like a me- you mean like a like a mentor, a, a mentor character for the for the other character kind of kind of mean like. Yeah, something to train about, and it's like. He's almost like a pre-abolitionist before the Civil War. Yeah, I mean, I, I did like, he, it was nice that he was kind of, a, what is, that's a lot of big terms you just use right there. But yes, he was kind of like a mentor to, um to I guess, um Jamie Foxx's character. Um, let me think. But like I said, um, I really like um, Christoph, Christoph Waltz as an actor. As you mentioned, like he was also in that science fiction movie. But as me as a James Bond fan, and I'm sure we'll talk about No Time to Die, hopefully, in the next couple months as part of our reviews, discussions. But um, I really thought they could have played his, his character in James Bond way better than how he was, um, was in both of those movies. All right, everybody. So we are now officially 53 minutes in. We had a full detailed conversation, which included trivia, the one really neat quote about the spelling of the name and other parts about characters and story. And I hope you enjoyed this. If you like this, on Wednesday, we're doing the drama The Godfather 50th Anniversary Retrospective as another drama. So look out for them back to back today and Wednesday. And uh, I want to thank Avi again for coming back on to the as a co-host. And um yeah, I guess we'll 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 see everybody in uh, the Godfather on Wednesday, Wednesday, right? And everybody after Godfather, I know. Wait a sec, one more thing, Avi, one more thing. And after the Godfather, we're finally getting to Avi's one of his favorite classic comedies from 1988, Tim Burton's Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice will be directly after Godfather, right? Yeah. yeah, so we're doing Beetlejuice after Godfather, so two things to look up to look forward to. Alright, Avi, take it easy. I'll talk to you soon. Well, see you around. around. Uh, Alright everybody, that's it. Everybody <clears throat> This has been Avi. This has been Avi and Millennial Man Motions Entertainment LLC. Avi and Millennial Man Motions LLC. Oh um, excuse me. No, everybody dance and have a good time. One more time. Everybody dance and have a good time. This has been Avi and Millennial Man Motions Entertainment LLC. Signing out to the Godfather.